Oh, my sweet Lucille, how did you ever manage it? You don't know what any of this means. It means cancel all your parties. Forget your big parade. It means the crowds will not be cheering, so despite what you've been hearing, you can lay down your spade. It means my mother can stop crying. My rabbi's eulogy can wait. It means that Dorsey can stop beaming and my cousin can stop dreaming of his portion of my estate. It means, no, this isn't over. No, the date's not set. No, I won't wake up tomorrow drowning in my sweat. It means I've got the greatest partner any man can get. It means I'll never Underestimate that woman, cause this is not over yet. Welcome to a very special episode of Broadway Radio. We are here, I don't know, even know what like number year this is, but this is like the fourth, fifth, maybe sixth time that I've done a version of this podcast on various different formats and various different platforms with our good friend Oliver Henry Roth, where he will be breaking down not only his own personal predictions for the Tony Awards, but his super secret algorithmic predictions for the winners as well. Oliver, thank you so much for joining me again this year. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's a, it's, it has a, is it even a Tony Awards if we don't talk? No, uh, Tony's it's not. On- it is definitely not. Well, so real quick, we have to do this at the top of every year. Because you are a Tony-winning producer, you are multiple nominee this year. So tell us what shows you are nominated for and connected with this year, so we can get that out of the way, so people sure. know where your biases lie. Yeah. Uh, so I have uh, three horses in the race this year: Parade, um, A Doll's House, and The Signing Sydney Brewster's Window. I feel pretty good about two of those. I mean, obviously, you can't. You can only win two because. Science yeah. City, Bruce Dean's Window, and Adal's House are in the same category. But I feel pretty good about uh, about those and you taking home a couple more little spinny trophies. So we well, will get I hope to so. that. I mean, we'll get into it, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. I feel maybe better than you do because I know you worry about these things. So before we dive in, you have been fine-tuning a uh, model, an algorithm for, for years. Generally do really well, but the Tonys are always different. It is such a different type of thing than like something sports where you can look at algorithms or politics because they're all of the different voting bodies have different uh, constructions and have different rules as to like, if a show was off Broadway, it can't be included. So how do you figure those things out? But just give us a real quick nuts and bolts, how your algorithm and model work, what it takes into account and where these numbers are coming from. So the model takes in, uh, a lot into account. Obviously, there are three main precursor awards, the Outer Critic Circle, the Drama Leagues, and the Drama Desk. There's also the New York Drama Critic Circle. There's the Pulitzer. And then it takes things into consideration that are um, just general trends. So for, I mean, a very easy on-off uh, version of that is um, whether the show is open or not, right? And for varying, for, for each category, that has historically been more, you know, more or less important. So it's things like that. It's, you know, uh, new this year, actually, which is part of what is going to be innately built into the the new model is that I've done a lot more relational 
uh, analysis. So something that we talk about more often in, you know, actually during the awards is like, well, because this because this show has now won all the design awards, like it's this much more li- more likely that the voters voted for it for 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 best musical or whatever. Um, that's probably bad. It's usually like director and and you know in production that we talk about this with. Um, so I've started to in in some of the categories where I've historically been less accurate or less confident, I've started to put in some relational things. Uh, you know, for for example, like yesterday, I think I added. In sound design, uh, if something wasn't didn't get a production nomination, how likely is it that it, you know, one that it that it would then win in the design category it was nominated in? Yeah, and there's a, a number of different shows that are in fairly heavily in some of these design categories this year, especially on the play side, that have a lot of those nominations but are not in the production categories. So we yeah. will get to that. Um, it was sound design of a play now. No, no, I just I just found it. But anyway, we'll get into it. Yeah, because you have a Christmas Carol in that category and Prima Facie, both of which did not get production nominations. And Life of uh, Pi. And Life of Pi, too. Yeah, yeah. So three of the five, actually. So yeah. um, that's really interesting. So normally, I like I kind of throw in my predictions with you as well. We're going to do a separate predictions episode uh, later. So I'm not going to throw in necessarily what I think is going to win, but I will kind of push back on some things that I think are a little out, out of what I would expect on yours. And then also throw in like what I wish it would win, because I think a lot of the times what I want to win is not necessarily, uh, what I think is going to win. So those will be different. So let's start right where you were mentioning with sound design. And interestingly enough, you basically have this down to essentially a two, maybe three horse race with two of the shows um, kind of trending in the right direction. And I'm looking at your most recent run here. So I want you to explain this. You have a doll's house just slightly edging out a Christmas Carol and then like a, a few points between that and Life of Pi and then a few more points to Prima Facie, which is only seven points behind in fourth place. But a doll's house has jumped from third to first in your most recent model. What brought that on and why does that look like that is moving in the right direction? Well, uh, yeah. So a doll's house, the, the primary reason, it, it, first of all, I just eat, despite the analysis that I do, design categories, especially sound design and especially the play, but really sound, I mean, it's just a hard category. Nobody There's knows been, what the know, hell is going on with those things anyway. The awards have had such trouble even coming up with the voting mechanism for this, over, you know, over the years, you know, uh, where they eliminated the category, then they put it back in, but only some people could, could vote on it. It's it's a really hard one to predict. So so I'm just going to sort of preface that. Now, sometimes it's really, some, sometimes it's easier than others. For example, uh, the year of Choir Boy, like Generally, when you have a play with music that's legitimately a play with music, that wins. Um, we didn't really have that this year. So the reason that Dallas House jumped, uh, honestly, was was two things. One is that it won the Drama Desk Award, and the second is that I is that uh, I added this this uh, question to see whether a production nomination, you know, how often something wins this award, even if they were not nominated for best production. So so that's sort of why I added a mechanism. I mean, it's very close. Uh, I I really don't know uh, which way I'll go. I also um, I, I saw I have a pie in London, and I haven't yet seen it again in in New York. So I remember there's a lot of animal sounds and and things like that. But I think the reason I had it up front is it was it was almost like that live music thing for me, which is that there's some obvious sound cue stuff, 
And it, that said, the, the narrative coming out of like it didn't get an Arctic Circle nomination, it didn't get a Drama Desk nomination. And I don't know that I've heard not that not that people talk about sound design of a play that often, but it just it felt like if it didn't get nominated for either, maybe my memory of it is 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 wrong, right? Maybe it's not as sound heavy of a of a play. So uh, a Doll's House, which uh, I, you know there is it's a sort of a you know a classic uh, Jamie Lloyd production that has very rich underscoring. I thought I thought okay, well in this very very tight race where Doll's House won the Drama Desk and did get a production nom and Life of Pi did not get a production nom and wasn't even nominated. I, I switched those two around, um, which was informed by the data doing so as well. Which is interesting because when you look at sound design for a musical, the show that you have, well, the show that won the drama desk for this category is currently sitting in fourth place in your model, even though, again, it is very close. It's a tight fourth, but yes. Yes. Um, and it, But it moved up from fifth based off, I'm presuming, because of that drama desk. I personally have, like, there's nothing that I could add to this conversation about sound design of a musical because, like, I don't know. I mean, they all were good. Like, so I thought Sweeney Todd was bad uh, on the sound yeah. design. Um, but the other four shocked New York, New York, and Juliet Into the Woods. Like, they were good. I guess Into the Woods has some, like, sound effects i guess with like the giant and the voice and annie golden doing the thing yeah uh so like okay but otherwise i don't know i don't think it's gonna win i mean the thing about into the woods is it's a closed show and so going back to how hard it is to determine sound design as a a sort of a a, you know day-to-day voter now try to remember the sounds you heard you know six months ago so the fact that it won the drama desk uh now to be fair the only other nominee it was up against was shucked so, I, I mean, there were other, you know, off-Broadway nominations. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I can't speak to, you know, if, if you know, presented with, with this palette of things, if people are going to jump into the woods as the best sound design thing, but um, not open. So it was not really in the conversation for something like sound design that I think is, unless you are a particularly tech-heavy show, if you're closed, it's really hard to adjudicate. Um, and then it, then it won you know, one of the most prevalent uh, precursor awards. Uh, so I, I just think it, it it jumped from out of the conversation to back into the conversation. But I still think we're really talking about Shucked or New York, New York, or maybe a Juliet here. But Shucked, I think, is is probably uh, going to win. Okay. Well, let's move on to another technical category where you have lighting design of a play. Again, kind of a three-horse race, Life of Pi, Prima Facie, who jumped up from fourth place mainly because of... Uh, the drama desks, I'm assuming as well, but that's a little different, which we can get into. And then Leopold Stott, um, which is in third. What's a little different about lighting design when it comes to drama desks is they factor in use of video. So mm-hmm. Natasha Cheevers is nominated for best lighting design of a play for the Tonys. She was nominated alongside Willie Williams for video in the drama desk and that one. So I think there is a little bit of a uh, a difference when you're looking at these awards into how they categorize something. And we'll get into that maybe a little bit more when it comes to performances. Um, but that's an interesting factor when you're trying to put some sort of weight on precursor awards where the categories don't exactly line up. Yeah, you're right. I was just trying to check um, and I just opened up the wrong document. But, you know, uh, I go through all of those um, like uh, decisions that that are that are released and i don't actually know that i can say for a fact that you're right that they they didn't group them together so 
I don't know if you checked that, but yeah, I mean, uh, at least in terms of like the official nominations. So yeah. that so you are correct. There was no there was no grouping. I, I I've never done this analysis. I, I have to imagine that when the Tonys do that, it, there was actually something really interesting, and I'm not going to rem- remember the particulars here, but there was a, a a category where projections was nominated, what was deemed eligible as set, and then a different show this year. Where that where the projections were nominated eligible as lighting, I have a hard time believing that as a nominator you are paying attention to where the distinction is. I think if it is all in all, looks you know you know what I mean. Like I, I just don't know that yeah. that factors into any, so anyone's decision. But but it's just something to say that it, you know it's interesting. So basically, what what, what I think happened here, I I've, Prima Faye, she is also a show that I have not seen on Broadway yet, and. I've heard it's. I've heard the lighting is really spectacular. Leopold sat. I had high up on this list from day one, just because uh, that thing that I was talking about earlier, which is like the favorite. There's there's trickle down, right? Like the favorite for best production generally gets some trickle down love, on, especially on categories where it's close or it's tight. Of course, yes. There's the sort of constant narrative that there might be cases where that hurts you, right? Like, oh well, it's going to win production, so I don't need to give it you know, best actor. But I think for these design categories that are sort of tough, there's a there's a a positive influence that, you know, thinking about it as the best production does. So Leopold Sat, which is a clear favorite for best play, was I think all the way up at the top at first. And I think what started to happen was that there was just starting to become a narrative via the previous awards uh, and just conversation in the, you know, uh, in people that I, that I talked to in the industry that like, Prima Fasci is uniquely good lighting and Life of Pi, where I think I think Life of Pi, you know, in both these categories we just talked about might benefit from, uh, you know, the, the the previous thing I just talked about, which is that Life of Pi didn't get a production nom. And I think it is something that a lot of people love from a technical, at the very least, a technical standpoint. So I think it, it, it might get a little bit of a bump in these areas where it can be awarded. It's, you know, uh, for for the gorgeous the, the gorgeous production given that it wasn't nominated in some places that it could have been like best play best actor all right well let's go to lighting design of a musical this one absolutely floors me and i know why it is number one on your list because it did win the drama desk but how sweeney todd can ever get a nomination let alone a win for anything lighting related when that stage is so damn dark you can't see a single thing i don't understand um but i understand like from a algorithmic point of view why it's there but just from like a seeing the show thing like it's it's horribly lit certainly mathematically Sweeney Todd is a favorite I I do think New York New York will win this and you know if you can see see. there it's not they're not that far away you know especially in these design categories a there's just less data available because there are fewer precursor words and there's also just fewer there's just like fewer there's less conversation it's certainly historical conversation about about how they should go uh but the second thing is you can be a lot of times there's surprising things. I, you know, I think about the Hadestown year when Hadestown won best set and everyone sort of like, it was like for, taking for granted that Beetlejuice was going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, these design categories are very temperamental and hard to predict. So, a, a, you know, I have a 32% Sweeney Todd, 26% New York, New York. You know, that's basically a coin toss. It's, you know, I'm saying if you do this, you know, uh, uh, five times, you know, on, on, on at least one of them, New York, New York will win. And, you know, sort of same thing for Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Let's run through the costumes and set categories quickly. Cause, um, I think there's 
all of them but one are like runaways. So in Costumes for Play, you have Leopold Stott in the lead. Ain't No Mo closing on that one a little bit, mainly because of the Drama Desk win. So I think that's good. Some Like It yeah. Hot you have as a runaway winner. Uh, in I, costumes think, so I was just musical. saying costumes, and I actually don't know what the ruling was. I, I could see Life of Pi getting votes yeah. for the puppetry. So yes, I that think did possible. fall into costumes. If, yeah. yeah, if Life of Pi is definitely the dark horse uh, uh, candidate that's most likely to win. Yeah, that's costumes. one of those things where the categories are different from the precursor awards. So that right. is that's actually who, not to spoil the future episode, but I actually have Life of Pi winning that because of the puppetry. We, we didn't do this. this uh, we didn't do this uh, uh, sort of pre precursor this year, but... Uh, you know, the, what we're talking about now are sort of the the process data, but I I haven't yet picked these things to win. So I, I actually might be right, going with yes. you. I think I think Live of Pi might be I have a gut feeling that that's going to win, despite the fact that the data says that, you know, labeled says ahead and in your ahead. Yeah. Um, for the sets, you both have, you have runaway winners currently in, in both play and musical categories in play. You have Life of Pi and set is uh, New York, New York, New York, New York might be the biggest runaway winner you have in any category. And I think that is absolutely correct. Beowulf Borat has done a really good job, not only with the set, but also publicizing the fact that the set and all of the backdrops are hand painted, which is something you very rarely see anymore. So I would be shocked if that didn't win. There are two categories uh, with higher percentages, but we'll get, we'll get there. But yes, it's, it's a, it's a, I mean, I think, I think that's right. And I I think that they've done, Yes, uh, New York, New York is and Beowulf are running a, a really strong campaign, really showing how how amazing the creation of that set was. Yeah, um, let's run through some of these other ones before we get into the biggies. Orchestrations is a is a fairly close race between Kimberly Akimbo, Some Like It Hot, and then Shucked, kind of hanging around the chicken coop uh, to borrow some parlance from that show. Anything there that jumps out, other than you know it being pretty close between two of the shows that are probably contending for best musical. Yeah, I, I you know I, I, this is another one. I mean, this this is the third uh, of the ones that are now like qualified voters. It's really hard to predict. Musical in general is hard this year. I think there's uh, a lot data wise, and I think there's also just a lot. I, I truly don't think I've ever since I started tracking this, which was like back in twenty as closely, which was like uh, whatever your fun home one. That was the first time I really started tracking this statistically. Uh, obviously using data that goes back to 94, but, but fun. was the first year that I personally did it. Uh, like, I don't remember a year where there was as weak of narratives coming out of the sort of zeitgeist about, about a clear winner uh, in the musical category or, or, a cle- you know, so, so I think an original score can really Akimbo, which I think is the favorite for best musical is in the lead now also, you know, was ineligible for the precursors. So hard to say what people thought about the orchestrations. Um, but but, you know, very close behind it is something like it hot and chucked. All right. Let's go from orchestrations to score, which, again, is Kimberly Akimbo, something like it hot and chucked. Same same kind of deal here. Yeah, same kind of deal here. I do think that Kimberly Akimbo has a has a slight larger lead here because, um, you know, I mean, Janine Tesori score. How could you? How could you I go mean, wrong? It's not a very good score. That's how you can go wrong. I, I mean, I, well, you know, you're you're preaching to the choir here, but. <laughs> But I think yes. that there, I think that like if if anything was going to be a call out from that show, even people who might not think it, you know, might not love it as much as others do, I do think the score is something that people you know think is the is you know strong. Um, going to book of a musical again, it's those three: uh, Sound Like It Hot, Kimberly Akimbo, Shocked. A little different order at the top, but it's super close. Uh, this is another one where 
something like a hot gets the benefit of the drama desk win to boost it up again i think some of that general like lack of narrative around a lot of the musicals comes with most of them aren't just, I mean, they're good, but they're not great. Like we don't have a great show. I personally think yeah. shucked is great. Um, I think it's, it's a, by far my favorite musical of the contenders this year, but it is kind of getting edged out in the prestige categories by Kimberly Akimbo because it has the, those off Broadway roots and all of the, the great, uh, creators behind it. And then some like it hot, I guess people find that fun and interesting. It was yeah, not I, to me, but it also has great creators behind it as well. So I feel like Shucked is getting elbowed out of something that I personally would vote for it for uh, in terms of book of musical and probably score. I want to talk. I mean, I have a lot to talk about why Shucked is in the third position in most of these categories, which I'll say for best musical. Uh, spoiler alert: it's in third position there for me. Um, but for for book, just to speak particularly to this, I do think that if some like it hot is getting you know, particular praise uh, and they haven't done a great job sustaining it. But when it first came out, it's been about how Matt and Amber uh, took this, you know, adapted this old school movie to be a 2020 musical. I think that's the the thing that everyone has been, um, you know, most in agreement with. And so that's why I think, you know, this is the spot for someone like it hot to, to sort of break through in, of the sort of writing thing uh categories um okay choreography this one is interesting to me because the show that i would honestly vote for is down at one percent in your uh numbers and i think that's right i don't think k-pop has any chance here but casey nicola in the lead for some like it hot i agree with that um susan stroman is always fantastic but her new york new york work is solid but not inspiring and then Anne juliet who i actually thought might have a chance when i saw it back in the fall is in a distant third there um again some like it hot might be building some momentum uh, for kind of a surprise at the top. But again, with precursor awards, with the drama desks, Casey Nicola seems to be cementing himself at the front of this category. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, I, I do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Anne Juliet, New York, New York, or something like it hot won this category. Um, I would love to see Anne Juliet win it. But, you know, you've got Susan Stroman and Casey Nicola um you know two titans of the choreography world uh you know up in front of you moving on to the director categories and this is where things start to get interesting um for a play the nominees are patrick marber for leopold stott max webster for life of pi jamie lloyd for a doll's house sahim ali for fat ham stevie walker webb for ain't no mo and joe bonnie for cost of living who has completely been forgotten i think that show was phenomenal but she is pretty much out of the running as is stevie walker webb mainly because in a lot of cases like you said the shows are closed yeah i think i mean uh, this is a really strong category and i think um leopold stat probably has it however jamie lloyd is i think a very appreciated director in the industry yeah he's not and, gonna, not and, gonna win and his vote right but his voice is present and everything so like there is I think there's a, a strong showing, you know, I mean, obviously we don't get to see how many votes there are, but I I think he'll pick up some votes. If Life of Pi was nominated for best play, and, and I don't really believe in this all that much, but I'm I'm saying it here. If Life of Pi was nominated for best play, I think it would have been Patrick Marber's in a runaway. I think that there are people who wanted to vote for Life of Pi for best play and, or sorry, not even wanted to, but wanted to see it nominated. And the reason is because of, again, like we were saying, the, just the the incredible staging. And so here's a way 
to vote for the staging of it without voting for the play, which you can't vote for. I mean, that just said, let, let's also just be clear. I have Patrick Marborette with above a 10 point lead on Max Webster, but, but I, I do think that Life of Pi has sort of skyrocketed up there uh, as a result of, of love for the staging of that piece. Yeah. I'm um, going over to musical. It's interesting to me that because of the way this season has shaken out, two of the nominees in this category are basically restaging concert versions of shows that they did at, at city center. Yeah. The nominees are Michael Arden, Lear de Besson, Michael Arden for Parade, Lear de Bessonet for Into the Woods, Jessica Stone, Kimberly Akimbo, who is restaging something she did off-Broadway, but not a concert, Jack O'Brien for Shocked, and Casey Nicoloff for Some Like It Hot. And your model right now has Michael Arden and Lear de Bessonet for the City Center transfers at the top. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. I actually have to be honest. My model has Lear, not a strong contender here, but I just, I, I've, I'm halfway through putting my own uh, uh, um, opinions in, you know, in in the version of this document you're looking at. Uh, so there are some categories where, where it's in there and some that, that there aren't. And this is one there is. Like, Lear is a force in this race, despite the model saying that she's not that much of a force. And uh, the original uh, original rankings of this actually were, I think, the ones just prior to this. So, so it was Je- uh, Jessica, Michael, Lear. And I think, you know, the reality is, that Lear and Michael are just getting so much praise. One won the Outer Critics, one won the Drama League. This is not a case where Jessica's not in the conversation just because it was not eligible for the previous awards. You're de- talking about two people who who uh, revive, you know, who who staging revived, you know, well-known properties, and I think that that is why they're up top. Uh, I give the the edge to to Michael, but but I'm I'm really not sure here. I don't like. Into the Woods as a musical, and I certainly didn't like this production. So it's really because Lear is only in Who second place. Are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I am, uh, and I have no problem telling people that. But um, but um, I've seen it many times, and it's never done it for me. And this production was was not my least favorite of, of the ones I've seen. So um, <laughs> so so because of that, Lear is only where she is in this list because I put her there the day they didn't, and and I just like could not possibly uh, bring it to you know bring myself to put her above a four point deficit for Michael. Full disclosure: I'm going to see Lear de Bessonet's, uh touring production of Into the Woods tonight, and then I'm going again on Saturday. I so. fully realize I'm in the minority here. I just you know I I, I you know this is a this is why art is great. It's just I I think it's po- very possible she wins. I didn't do it for me. Yeah. Well, let's get into the performance categories. And this is where things get a little weird uh, in terms of like trying to model things out with all the precursor awards, because a number of the awards, including the drama desks, do genderless categories. So when you're trying to look at like, oh, well, this person won this award, but they were competing against a whole different group of people. It does become difficult. So let's start. I I didn't I actually didn't adjust the model at all for that. And we'll see how that does. Yeah. How can like I don't know how you you can because there's no there's no historical. Right. There's no historical data for it. So you have to just sort of imagine they were nominated against against the people in their gender category. Yeah. So featured actress in a play. uh, The nominees are Carrie Young, Katie Sullivan, Crystal Lucas Perry, Nikki Crawford and Miriam Silverman. You kind of have a runaway winner coming out of here right now, at least one moving in the right direction. Yeah, I think Miriam is, you know, uh, uh, featured performances are are often also the ones that are, uh, like, I think my, my model historically featured performances, uh, there's always one that it doesn't predict right, at least, at least one I should say. So who knows, but I think Miriam Silverman has a lot of momentum here. 
also like Nikki is the uh who's in um Fat Ham is the only other actor here who isn't an open show. And it's hard, right? I mean, we'll talk about this more in a second when we get uh, into other categories. But like, I'm much more aware of the campaign for Miriam Silverman, but I'm also a producer of that show and consulting on that show. So I am, you know, I, I am getting emails daily about the campaign. Nikki might be campaigning as hard, but I'm just not seeing it. Or, you know, that's sort of where Miriam's lead comes from, I think. Yeah. Uh, personally, if we were picking a featured performer from the Sign of Cindy Brewstein's window, I would have gone with Gus Burney because I think she steals the show in like 10 minutes of stage time. Uh, but she wasn't nominated, although I thought she probably should have been. I mean, I didn't think she would be just because how these things work, but I think she could have mm -hmm. been. Featured actor in a play. This one's close and this one's really, really interesting. The nominees are Samuel L. Jackson, who, according to your model, has no shot. Uh, David Zayas, who I think I might actually vote for, also has no shot. Then you have Jordan E. Cooper, who's a double nominee, uh, Brandon Uranowitz and Arian Moyad with Arian and Brandon essentially neck and neck at the top. Exactly. Uh, Arian has a slight lead. Arian's been doing. Um, why is that? Let's let's take a look. Yeah, Brandon won the the Brand, drama so desk. Brandon won and, and the outer critics. So one thing is if you're a supporting actor or actress, and you are given a distinguished performance nod, it means one of two things. Either uber famous, which I mean, is sort of famous, but not uber famous, or it's a truly outstanding performance. So so his nod is bolstering him. It's it's one of the, you know, the Drama League nod for distinguished performances is most uh, effective uh, in terms of the modeling for featured performances. That said, I I, I do think Brandon's going to uh, walk away with uh, winning this, um, but but it is very close. Um, but I just think the industry love for Brandon and his body of work. And this is his fourth nomination, too. It's yeah. like eventually Brandon Uranowitz, who is one of our best actors, it has to win. So, totally. And I think that's going to, you know, there's a two-point spread that I'm showing here. I, I think that the sort of, good, you know, not that Aaron doesn't have a good, good a good sort of support, but like there's just, there's so much, you know, people are going to vote for Brandon, I think, not just for Leopold Stat, but for, yes. you know, when they wanted to vote for him for, for, for other uh, shows. For Burn This, for Falsettos yeah, and all that exactly. stuff. Speaking of Falsettos, the person you have at the top of the featured actress in a musical category was in Falsettos. But it's not the person that I would have thought uh, would be in the lead here. But the nominees for featured actress in a musical are... Julia Lester, Ruthie Ann Miles, neither of which really have a shot to win. Natasha Yvette Williams, who is fairly close, but I don't think has a shot. Bonnie Milligan, you have in second, even though I think she is the presumed runaway favorite. And you have Betsy Wolf currently. Again, this is just the numbers. This is not your prediction. Uh, but Betsy Wolf or Anne Juliet in the lead here. Yeah, I mean, I was about to, you know, when we, before we even went to featured actor, like, I, I actually don't think Betsy Wolf is going to win. I think when I predict, I'll probably, you know, when I do my pick, I'll probably pick Bonnie here. But a, she, she, I mean, she's just been out there. She was, she got a distinguished performance. Not, I think that's right. Is that right? Uh, I'm not sure, but I will, I will say. If, I haven't listened, but if, I don't remember her there. I, I think she was. Yeah, I do think she was there. I don't if Bonnie wasn't in, yeah, if Bonnie wasn't in this category, I think Betsy would have it sewn up personally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it's sort of the brand thing, but, but Bonnie also is, is beloved. So I, I think that's close, but I think probably uh, uh, I will end up picking Bonnie to win that. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to really mention the featured actor in your musical because if Alex Newell doesn't win this, okay, I think this, that would be... Yeah, just, just to spoil... So this is the answer to that question. This is the one yes. that I have someone in the clearest lead. Uh, yes. Yeah, 55-point difference. 
is it? I, I mean, you have a, one of the productions has a bigger lead than that. But uh, either way, Alex Newell is probably going to win that category. Yeah. Lead lead actress in a play is super interesting to me because these are two pretty big stars outside of the theater world. Pretty much going back and forth. You have Jodie Comer and Jessica Chastain within a few points of each other at the top. Jodie Comer's play, Prima Facie, was not nominated for a production nod. Jessica Chastain's, obviously, A Doll's House was in the revival category. So this one is interesting. Jessica Chastain did win a drama desk. But again, those categories are all wonky. She split it with Sean Hayes. I th- and I think also, uh, didn't Jodie Comer, either that or the OTC, Jodie Comer won like solo performance. Yes, she she did have a solo performance when it wasn't that one. It was it was another one. Yeah. Um, but she also has all the Olivier's, too. So right. like I, I could see this going either way um, and I would be happy either way. Yeah, I agree. there's enough support for Prima uh, for, for, for the Prima Feshi, whatever. Every time I say it, someone corrects me um, that I think Jody will win this. Uh, but Jessica is so I mean, it, it has been flipping back and forth two weeks ago. I thought Jessica had it in the bag and you know, now I, I think it's like, I mean, you literally, if you look at the stats, it's a coin toss with a slight edge to Jody Comer. Yeah. Uh, all right. We've got to get, get, keep going on these yeah. quickly. Um, lead actor in a play. This is a weird category because like I would be happy with all of the ones that I have seen winning. The one person I haven't seen the show of, I think is probably the one who's going to win. And that's Sean Hayes. He's fairly close with Stephen McKinley Henderson, who I would actually put at the bottom of the four <laughs> nominees that I saw behind Corey Hawkins, Wendell Pierce and Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. I think Stephen has a lot of uh, people who are rooting for him in the industry. And that's that's why I think he, he's second. The, yeah, Corey, I think, could have done it. Corey it was like shooting a movie or something during the campaign and just what, wasn't out and about much. Like he didn't get much press. He didn't he wasn't in New York at events. And I think that that hurt him. Otherwise, you know, he would have, I think, been up there uh, at the top. Yeah. Moving on to lead actress in a musical. My preference on this one has been widely discussed. I would put Michaela Diamond with a bullet at the top of this, but she, you have her in third, and I feel like, I know you do, um, I feel like that's true. Victoria Clark has long been the presumed winner in this category, but she has been passed by Annalie Ashford, at least in your model, partly because the drama desk she won, along with Jay Harrison G. I, look, I love Annalie Ashford, but the but fact that she, she is yeah, getting She also won the drama love, league. She also won the drama league. Like how Annalie Ashford is in conversation for this blows my mind because she is not acting. She is doing every bit of Annalie in that role. There is not much yeah. else going on. And I love her. It was great. It was entertaining. But like Michaela and Vicky are both doing far better work, in my opinion. So was Sarah Bareilles for that matter. But yeah. um, I'm kind of surprised by the way this is turning here towards the end. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Victoria might hold on to it. It's also, I mean, there is something baked into the model where these shows that were off Broadway first and then go to Broadway are are sort of one flaw is that they start out with a bleed. And then if, you know, sometimes that lead is taken away prematurely, but, you know, it's showing pretty neck and neck. Yeah. Lead actor in a musical. We just mentioned Jay Harrison. G. my preference here would be for Ben Platt, who you have in second, but you have Jay, at least your model has Jay fairly far ahead. At this I point. think there's a chance that Ben wins, but I, I think Jay has it. I would love for Ben to win, but I also love for Jay to win. So absolutely play revival. I feel pretty confident that a doll's house is going to win and your model does as well. Although piano lesson and the sign and Sidney Brewstein's window are they're fairly far behind, but they are neck and neck in terms of second. So if one of them is going to come from behind, I guess it would be Sidney Brewstein, but I don't really see that happening since the other two in that category are already closed. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with musical revival parade. 
far and away uh, in the lead into the woods and Sweeney Todd are both pretty close in second place, but yeah. a ways back. So I'll just say here, you know, uh, my, the feedback I got, I, I had a long email exchange with, with a colleague this morning about how my favorite for parade was showing there. I stand by it. I think the evidence since 94, when revival was separated, so there's a musical revival category, a closed show has never won the category. Maybe this is the year. I don't see it. I don't see Into the Woods winning. No. I don't think that's my I don't think that's my bias showing. I just think it would be history making. And I don't think that's the production that's gonna do it. By the by the time the Tonys roll around on Sunday, I will have seen this production of Into the Woods five times, once at Encores, <laughs> twice on Broadway, twice on tour. It it's it's just not as good as Parade, as, as far as I'm concerned. I like the show Into the Woods better than Parade, but the, these two productions are just on doing different things. Yeah. Um in terms of play. Your model okay, has this is, this is the Yeah, Leopold shot at 89% to win, and I can't argue with you. I would probably go for cost of living, but Leopold shot seems pretty, pretty clearly to, the, the winner here. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right, so musical, the biggie. Kimberly Akimbo has long been the one that everyone just assumed would win. Some Like It Hot had, to me, surprisingly positive reviews when it opened last fall. And then also equally surprising, I freaking loved Shucked. But I don't think that has a shot. So it really kind of feels like whether or not Kimberly Akimbo can hold off some like it hot, which is charging hard down the stretch. There are no more awards to go between now and then. So it's not like it can pick up more momentum. But, yeah. you know, and I when does the voting closed already? I'm not sure if the voting's closed. The voting closes on Thursday or Friday. Okay, so so there there could be some stuff going on. between. A lot of people then. have voted already, though. Yeah, I would think most of them have. But like, I, I don't know. We'll see. So, so basically, you know, the thing here that I, I sort of alluded to before is the reason I think Kimberly Kimbo has it is last year, granted, I think there was less disagreement about whether uh, a strange loop, uh, like I think, I think there are, there are more people who are not so hot on Kimberly Kimbo than were not so hot on strange loop, but MJ put up a truly amazing campaign, I thought, and it couldn't dethrone a strange loop. And I feel here you have maybe a less in the lead show entering the 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 award season, but no one. So, so I mean, my analysis is this: Some Like It Hot has been winning all the precursor awards. Shucked is putting on a way better campaign, and unfortunately, one of the two has to have both of those things in order to in order to dethrone Kimberly Kimbo. And the fact that like if Shucked had won. The Outer Critics and Drama Desk and Drama League or any of those any of those three or, or two of those three, the campaign work they're doing, which is truly amazing. Like if you just flip through Instagram of, of people, you know, of actors and people who work on in, in the industry, like there's a shucked event all the time. They're doing all this great press. There's an article every and I just don't see that same thing for some like it hot. Like it's just not out there trying to win as hard, I don't think. Unfortunately, it's taken away all three precursor awards. So Shaft is doing the good work, but doesn't have the the assets to leverage that into votes. And Some Like It Hot has the assets, but isn't leveraging it, I don't think, enough. So I think it's Kimberly Akimbo's. I just don't think that, you know, it's not, uh, I mean, I don't mean this as a bash to Kimberly Akimbo, which is not my favorite show, but like, I don't think that's a great show or the best of the season. I just think that there's no one else that has a unified story for why they should win. And I do think that is necessary for, to win the votes. You know, I, I said to someone, I turned mm-hmm. to someone this year and I said, and I've sort of always knew, known this, but it, it just became very obvious to me. I'm, I was like, I just realized that the key to winning the award is sort of, 
going into these interviews that go, you know, that are then published on deadline or whatever, and, and marching into these events, knowing you've already won. I, I really do think that. And Kimberly Akimbo is the one that's been doing that. And I don't think anyone else really has been. All right. Well, Oliver, where can people get your final official predictions? And when do you think they will have those? Uh, yeah, I, I will put those up on my website, which is www.ohenryproductions.com. Uh, and I also probably tweet them out. Um, when will they have, I have those. I would love to say I'd have them for Friday, knowing me and knowing By the, Sunday the crazy, afternoon. <laughs> no, yeah, knowing the crazy week we have, I'm going to wake up Sunday and realize I never published it and then put, put it out. But I'll try to get it done before then. Awesome. All right, Oliver, thank you so much. As always, I will be, I'm sure, texting with you uh, after you take home two more Tonys on Sunday night. So congratulations so. ahead of time. I'll be marching them 50 blocks downtown or whatever <laughs> it is. You should have seen the dress I wore. It was whole couture and it was beautiful. You should have seen the dress I wore. Yeah, I stole it. It made my shitty life better. When opportunity knocks, when possibility calls, take the bull by the horns, grab life by the balls. You gotta earn a buck, turn a truck, so you can make your shitty life.